Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. Welcome back, listeners. Tonight, we are at the Sunday 95 podcast studio interviewing Megan Randolph with Noble Cut Distillery. Megan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So tell us about your uh, job with Noble Cut. So it is a sales job, but they, they did specifically hire me because of my cocktail experience. I mean, my my limited, <laughs> I will say, I wasn't a bartender for, for like a decade. It was more like five years um, around that mark instead. So they hired me because I was using a, a strictly the local distilleries here in Columbus. We I worked at a local brewery. Mm-hmm. So um, we really strive to, you know, resource things near us. Um, I got their attention just because I, you know, got rid of Bacardi, was using Echo, got rid of um, so many different of the big things. I was using Watershed a lot. And then, of course, Noble Cut. I really loved the flavor aspect and they they stopped by and we're like, who, why are you guys ordering so much of our stuff? And I was like, well, I love making cocktails with it. I'm having a blast coming up with ideas. And they were like, wow, this is awesome. I mean, Tony came in, Gina, Sean, they all came in just to like talk to me. And I, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, these guys are so cool. This is awesome. Yeah, I'll make you a cocktail. Like didn't really think much of it. And then like a week went by and Gina came back in and was like, hey, could you think about maybe a sales job with us I was like sales I I couldn't I can't do sales and then (laughs) I thought about it more and more and I was like well cocktail development that I could do that Mm -hmm. sounds fun and um, that's how I kind of stumbled into Noble Cut (laughs) well that's really smart on their part because that makes you a better salesperson at the bartender level to be able to say hey you can use this this way and so forth so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah having that bar manager just kind of like you know bartending you you can read a room I can walk in any room and know kind of the vibe that's going on um and with the having that bar manager experience, if I go in somewhere and someone seems frazzled or stressed or it's I mean, it's busy, I'm not going to take up their time. I'll I'll do something chill. But um, like if they're they're kind of like having a day where they're just working on prep or something, that's the days you want to go sit down and talk and and kind of learn more about what they're doing. If it's a place you know nothing about or or if it's a place, you know, like you kind of know when when to sit down and hang out versus when you should probably like leave a card and try again later <laughs> so so it's like half of your time devoted to sales and the other half to developing cocktails or I would say the cocktail development is I kind of do it I do it seasonally to, like uh I do four seasons of it but mostly um like the noble cut cocktail development like the big ones I kind of do like a warmer months and a colder months mm-hmm. and that's where like we have our little recipe books and everything um, but because I do the cocktail classes at different places and different events, I'm still kind of catering to all of those, um, all the different events as well. So trying to come up with things here and there too, on top of the season. Where seasonal. do you do those? Mostly at my house. I mean, we have a really nice, beautiful bar at Noble Cut now that we've remodeled. Um, but it is a tasting bar. It's not a full bar. We don't have like a sink or anything. So I can do a few things there. Mm-hmm. 
but usually my my kitchen, my family understands at this point. Um, the husband and kids get it. Like, oh, mom's gonna terrorize the kitchen th- uh, this weekend. So it's kind of just understood. I've got many jars and bottles that say do not touch do not throw away (laughs) like these are infusions (laughs) so things like that well how do people find your cocktail classes um well so far I'm only doing ones like at um like Taft's I've done Taft's brewery Mm -hmm. um I I a lot of us a lot of the distiller uh, distilleries do help out and like pitch in and are featured um, I did develop help Hubbard Grill develop a cocktail class. They called it the Columbus Cocktail Series. I did their first and their last um, class, and that was pretty successful. We could probably work on making it bigger, but it you know it takes time to get the word around sure. and that social media push. Mm-hmm. But kind of doing things here and there. The Columbus Monthly was super fun. I didn't have to do too much work other than mm-hmm. show up and pour some samples. Everybody else did a fantastic job but yeah so tell us a little more about that noble cut was the sponsor yeah so we just we invited um i think we started off with 10 i think it grew into 13 but maybe only 12 came um but yeah i think let's say 12 uh local bars and restaurants came and showed off a cocktail featuring a noble cut spirit uh, or two some some people Mm -hmm. did a cool combo of things um and i I loved what everyone brought to the table. I mean, I get really excited about the creativity that happens. Um, and just to see all the the variations that they came up with, it was it was so cool. We have so many talented people in Columbus. Yes, so we do. it's awesome. So it was a competition. And then did the each bartender get to pick which product they wanted to use? Yeah, I dropped off these like boxes of samples and some fun things and uh just kind of said like, hey, the guidelines are pretty much just like these are the main spirits. Avoid like tequila, gin, and rum because we don't make those. I'd really want I really wanted them to highlight those spirits. The flavored whiskeys are kind of like a a weird, funky thing. A lot of bartenders are like, well, I make my own mm-hmm. syrup, syrups and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's how I felt about the whiskeys too when I first started playing around with them. As soon as I realized that, that there was this like bonus liqueur already in the bottle Mm -hmm. then I started rolling with it I started running with it and just getting like oh it's like I have this bonus ingredient and now I can just combine all these other things and I don't really have to um you know like the speed of service and it's one less thing for me to do so once I got over that barrier it was really fun to work with the uh with the flavored whiskey so I know those are different um but the cellos are really cool because I mean People are coming up with the bartenders that use our cellos are coming up with brand new cocktails. I mean, you've got like your old fashions, your Manhattans, your martinis, but like cellos are kind of I I like seeing when it's the base spirit in something and it really like um like takes like takes on the entire cocktail. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like new new cocktails are coming out of it. Mm-hmm. So that's cool to see in yeah. a because you know if you've made cocktails before you know like there's those staples and then there's riffs (laughs) and then it can kind of get a little boring so using the because they're 80 the cellos are 80 proof um using them as a base kind of is you're getting you're seeing a lot of interesting things um coming from them so so run us through kind of some of the list of things that 
Noble Cup makes? Yeah, so we have kind of three different lines. We make vodka because everyone makes vodka. Mm -hmm. So we've got our signature vodka, which is like a really cool European-style weeded vodka. Um, I really like it for like dirty martinis and Bloody Marys, um, things like that. That earthiness really comes through. And then we have our Ohio vodka, which is like a huge hit. It's a very low cost, like extremely, extremely neutral vodka. There's literally nothing special about it other than it's just very clean and neutral. It, I used to use it for infusions um, mm. because you, bartenders know sometimes you're doing an infusion and you mess it all up. Um, so with it being a low, low cost as well, saves you a lot of money if you make a mistake. Um, and it's just really fun with it being so neutral. It takes on whatever flavor you add to it. So the, yeah, the signature vodka, the Ohio vodka, the flavored whiskey lines are fun. There's five right now. Um, we've got an apple, dark cherry, and a peach for the fruit, and then a salted caramel and maple. So those are very polarizing. Yeah, yeah. they are. But the cool thing is, and this is what I stress to bars too, um, because I was the kind of bar manager, someone would come in with an awesome product and be like, oh, I'll take one of everything, you know? And I try to remind people, hey, use Noble Cut products seasonally. You don't have to overwhelm your precious bar space because um, it's, you know, that's a struggle. So just kind of pick and choose a, use a seasonally. It, it saves a lot of, you know, time and space. <laughs> so so when, you, when you said, you, basically you have a ready-made... Uh, like whiskey like bonus with, liqueur. Yeah. So yeah. instead of infusing it or using mm -hmm. a syrup that you've made, yeah. it's already all, all there for yeah, you. Yeah. I really gravitated towards the maple because um, for the price point, it was really nice. Obviously, I wanted to use local. That was a big part of what I was doing. Um, and if you've ever had maple syrup behind the bar, it is a mess. You just it just gets everywhere. So that was one of the first ones. And then when I realized they were all natural too, that floored me because everything in that in the flavored spirit world is very saturated. It's all artificial. It's it's usually not good. That's why yeah. people kind of scrunch their noses when I'm like, hey, I know it's hey, just hear me out. These whiskeys are really good. They're like the apple is Ohio honey crisp apples. It's it smells They're good. They're not it, fake flavorings. It's not fake Granny Smith. Like it's a real bourbon base, and then we add we blend in the real mm -hmm. fruit flavors or like the salted caramel is real caramel and sea salt flakes. Like it's good stuff. Like and the bourbon still comes through. It's balanced. Like, you're not just masking a bad bourbon with mm -hmm. you know syrup which mm -hmm. is something I just can't stand so yeah you know so I thought that was really cool too um that's kind of why I love the product so much but you can still do some pretty cool infusions with the whiskeys even with the flavors in them as well you can kind of start doing some really cool pairings and yeah adding you know anything from like berries to um, herbs and spices you can create some really cool stuff with that as well Wow, And then the cello line, which is kind of what I think Noble Cut is kind of known for being like the limoncello people. Like, yeah, oh, you definitely have your niche. Yeah, that's definitely what kind of, I think, set them apart. Mm -hmm. I've only been there for a year and a half, maybe maybe a little more, but like around a year and a half. Um, I've known them for a while, but um, just working for them for that time. So, But it was one of the things I always gravitated towards. The limoncello is just so good mm -hmm. and... Um, I 
I love limoncello. I I studied abroad, which sounds I hate saying it sometimes because you're like, oh, one of those girls <laughs> that talks about it all the time. But I I studied abroad in Rome, and I mean, at the end of the night, the the chefs just bring it to you, mm-hmm. like just like, hey, try this. We make that. They're so proud of everything they make in Italy. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Um, and you know, they bring out the limoncello, and it's it's always delicious. And I I. I grew to love it in college um I didn't have like a bad experience with it but I came over you know come back to America and the the cellos are gross Mm -hmm. the ones that we make here they're all like lemon pledge color and artificial and very low proof too so you're only ever using like syrupy syrupy yes like you're only using a little bit here and there and I love that they're 80 proof I love that they will hold their own in a cocktail um also I'm a big infusions person and so I always love like, oh, what can I pair with this? So we've kind of started working with the the Cameron Mitchell concepts, um, Valentina's and Cento. We've made two custom cello infusions with them as well. So we have a melon basil lemon cello at Valentina's. And then at Cento, we have a lemon cello with a kiss of orange cello, chamomile vanilla. So both very good. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is making me thirsty. So yeah, we can. <laughs> I brought some of the cellos that I purchased because I I love your cellos. I think oh, they're thanks. just amazing. So the one I haven't tried yet though is this um, grapefruit. Ooh, it's so, so good. So tell us the collaboration that you have in peeling your fruit. Or oh, not peeling yes, your fruit, but the zest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we are neighbors um, t- with. Uh, simple times mixers. Um, so yeah, they're our next door neighbor. We use the zest of the fruit for all of our lemon uh, for all of our cellos. Um, it's just the zest, and then we give the cheers. <laughs> cheers, <laughs> cheers, guys. Cheers. Um, we give the fruit back to Simple Times, and they use the the fruit and the juice, and it's this really cool symbiotic relationship we have with them. Um, kind of less waste and that's brilliant yeah mm-hmm. I love it that was another thing that sold me too when I was learning more about Noble Cut I was like oh that's a that's a that's really nice really brilliant <laughs> yeah when we did the tour this past weekend he said that I was like that is so smart because I'd wondered about that because we had were talking with Tony the owner at one point and he was talking about or no maybe it was a seminar and he was talking about how they zest the lemons and it's like a very particular um, way of zesting and so I asked the tour guide I said so are you going to fill us in on the secret of how you zest and that he told us the story of simple times I'm like that is so smart yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so you don't pay for any fruit and they get the free labor yeah. that's just basically yeah because then they can just get right into pressing the juice and they don't have any waste because it's in our it's in our vats <laughs> sitting mm-hmm. and making delicious cellos so <laughs> Okay, so this is really good. This great oh, This is really good. What would you do with this in a cocktail? Oh my gosh. Some go-tos are like if I'm, you know, really basic stuff, palomas are great. Um, greyhounds are fun with it too. Just it's it's really good on its own. I mean, mm. all of the all of the cellos make great spritzes and oh, martinis, yeah. mm-hmm. like very very basic stuff, but um Wait, martini? Like a lemon drop martini, if you oh, think okay. of it that way. You can kind of do like a different citrus martini. Um, I don't think I've ever had a lemon drop. What, what would oh. be your recipe for that? For a lemon drop? Yeah. Um, I would, because it can kind of work as the lemon drop shot, too. So you can kind of just like right. put make it right. a little um, 
boost it a bit and put it in a martini glass. But I would say two ounce, if you want it boozy, two ounces of limoncello, maybe three-fourths lemon juice, and like a half, or yeah, half ounce is simple. And then you can also play on that too. I mean, you could add other things to it as well, but that would be like as basic as I I could make it. <laughs> so you're not adding vodka or gin. It's, no, you're using yeah. this as the base. Yeah, that's the fun thing is because most because it already would, is vodka. 80, yeah, and it's eighty proof, so you don't have to you don't have to add anything else. So speed of service too. That's another thing. Like we're we're trying to be a bartender's best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how can we make this e- as easy as possible and but still make it like taste like a, like a quality cocktail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So one other thing that the tour guide mentioned but Mm -hmm. didn't go into too deep Mm was um, some sort of coup that you got in Nashville on Broadway. Oh, yeah. So um, we started working with some of the places in Nashville. Um, And I feel bad because I know there's a a third big place. But we are in Miranda Lambert's bar and Luke Bryan's bar. And I'm guilty of not being the biggest modern country fan <laughs> if it's not like dolly or reba yeah. i just i'm Agreed. sorry but they, yeah <laughs> I, there were three and i can't remember i know and i can never I remember, remember the third i was just talking about this with someone else i'm like oh i'm the worst i can never remember but but those bars they so the nashville bars you know how busy they get i mean mm-hmm. bachelorette city like it's insane so speed of service those bartenders are slinging cocktails like eight every two minutes like Mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely insane so when they found out we have these awesome flavored whiskeys that taste really good because of the speed that saving them the time which is like pouring quick cocktails that's i mean that sold them instantly um they were just making really high quality tasting cocktails in like two seconds Mm. so and these fit really nicely in the well yeah the cello bottles are awesome so pro tip for bartender if bartenders listening save the cello bottles because the labels peel off beautifully with just like an exacto knife and they are perfect for your batch simple syrup so Mm. they fit in wells really nice and yeah so that's a good tip (laughs) yeah good tip the bartenders will understand (laughs) okay so now i want to try the lime cello which i love lime yeah but i have to say this is so overpowering. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to use it. So um, it is. Oh, sorry. Uh, it is the funkiest and the zestiest of the four. Is like how I usually describe it. Um, I mean, I kind of like it in, as an addition in a mojito, um, even with some tequila. It's very fun, um, but. <laughs> I'm a sucker for like a 20 ingredient tiki drink. <laughs> like I will if someone brings me to a tiki bar, I'm never mad. I absolutely love it. How could um, you be mad? I mean, tiki bars are just so fun. I just have never had a bad time at a tiki bar. Um so I do like it. Um lime cordials are not as common as like others. I mean, orange usually dominates for cordials. So lime is a fun, interesting one. Um, and because it's so zesty and funky, mm. I it really adds a, a that different... That is really interesting. Yeah. It's, it's quite the Persian limes. Those little tiny, the small limes. Uh, and it's just... I don't know. It's like a pop of lime. It is definitely mm-hmm. ex- yeah. an explosion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, we had used it in a uh, spritz just mm-hmm. with the lime cello and yeah. some prosecco, mm-hmm. 
and it completely overwhelmed the prosecco. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely recommend um, just a soda water just to kind of mellow it out, or mm-hmm. like soda or tonic. Um, definitely mellows this one out. 80. 80. And it's eighty, yeah. So, so how would you make them? How do you make the mojito with this? I do add a little bit of rum, but you—I mean—you don't have to. You can kind of make a cello mojito, I guess. Um, so, using the lime cello, I still would add lime juice, maybe a half ounce if you're doing like a two ounce or an ounce and a half of the lime cello. Add a, just a half ounce of the lime juice to add a little more acidity. I like acidic cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of simple or a mint simple if you're doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the fresh mint with that lime. And then the soda water kind of balances it out too. So then you've got this like very zesty, but like the fresh lime comes through, and it's it's a pretty it's pretty nice uh, mojito version. How does it uh, work with tequila? Tequila, it's great with tequila. I was a big tequila person before. Um, I mean, I still am. I love tequilas. I don't know as much. I should probably learn more about tequila. I love mezcals. tequila too. It's just it's so nice. Yeah, um, it's fun. I know like. That was one of the things when I was making the bar, uh, the brewery I worked at. Um, I developed a cocktail program there. They were so kind to just give me free reign on that bar. They just, they had some really basic cocktails when I first got there. And I was always kind of, even just when I was a server, I was like, can we maybe do something else or let's do this? Or what about a featured cocktail? I was always kind of getting in everyone's business. And they're like, do you just want to be a bartender? I was like, yeah. And then the one, it was around, I think it was during COVID when we were shut down and we were doing a ton of takeout and just trying to survive. Like everyone was just like doing their best. I think the chef and I, who's one of my friends, he was, we were like yelling at each other about something. And he's like, what? Well, do you just want to just, just want to take over the bar? I was like, yeah, I think I just want to take over the bar. And we were just like screaming at, you know. It's that fun uh, yeah, restaurant yeah. wife. So well, I was going to ask you how you yeah. got started. That's a yeah, fun story. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's, I had almost a almost a decade of uh, being a barista at a big old company that no one knows about that might wear green aprons that I'm mm-hmm. probably not allowed to talk about. Um, <laughs> you, so, I can't tell you how many bartenders have so told many. us that I they know, started I as I think baristas. that's kind of how it goes because it was my college job. Um, I went to uh, the Columbus College of Art and Design. I graduated from there. So I have this like In- artist. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a fine artist um, with an art history minor. And two almost minors that I just didn't follow through with. I love how you changed you, your voice for I that. Know. I know. I have to get <laughs> very a lot in common with Blair. <laughs> oh. More than you think. Yeah. More than you realize. Oh, fun. Yeah. yeah. So I my art school never knew what to do with me. I I take a printmaking class and they're like, You're too much of a painter, go take the painting class. And then I'd be in painting class. They're like, You're you're a printmaker, go to printmaking. And I was like, Nobody wants me. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I was so proud to be there. It was all I wanted ever wanted to do. And I, I loved That's being awesome. there. I was way too competitive. Um, I didn't make a lot of friends, maybe. <laughs> Um, because I was just so like focused on getting like the best grades and doing the most work and putting in the most hours and I get I just get very competitive. I've learned in my older age I am so much more collaborative now, which is something it took me a long time to learn. Um, because it's like I got out of that high competitive art school life and realized I, I was like, what am I gonna do? I was working at a coffee shop um, and just like wanted to be the best barista there but I was kind of shy I I didn't even want to wear a name tag in a place that like really enforced name tags I was like 
do I have to tell people my name? They're like, why can't you just say hello? Your name is Megan. I was like, I don't want to. I was so weird. I just didn't, I didn't want to talk to anybody. Now I go into every place and I'm like, hi, I'm Megan from Noble Cut. Like constantly. I literally say it to everyone. It's so weird. Um, so yeah, like I literally went from like not wanting to even put my name tag on and then just trying to be like the best barista I could be and then realizing I'm not going to say it was a cult, but working at a coffee shop was, it was very much like, they keep you on that free caffeine. (laughs) You're there just working like minimum wage. I was doing it for almost a decade with this promise of like, oh, you'll get your own store one day. Like, Mm. I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Like, that sounds great. I want to, and then I was like, wait a minute, I don't want any of that. What am I doing here? Mm. So, um, you know, had some kids who are great. Um, <laughs> didn't realize I was going to be a mom. That was fun. Um, How many kids do you have? I have two boys. So that's... Aged. Uh, no, oh my gosh. They're <laughs> turning nine and seven. That's so a fun age. It's a it's fun a age. age. Oh, they yeah. It's really cool to see what they get into. Um, so that's been really fun. But I was... Then I switched over to bartending because I had kids and I needed hours like that were opposite of my husband because we just... I mean, in... In these times who can afford childcare. Right. So I was working at bars at night. Like I would do everything in the morning, clean the whole house and then go to the bar at night and run the, the place there. Um, and that worked for me for a really long time, but it, I was getting burnt out um, yeah. pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And that's when I always joke, I was like, I think Noble Cut saved me a little bit. <laughs> like, so that was really cool of them to give me a chance, especially with not, not a drop of sales experience. Um, so tell us about the yeah. ownership at Noble Cut. Are they is yeah. it a good company to work for? Oh my god, no, it's been probably I've never been more appreciated, I feel like in my entire life. People all, I was hear. always that girl that was like doing all the extra work. Mm-hmm. Um and this is the first time I've been doing the extra work and, you know, really getting recognized for it. It's it's been really nice. Not that the the place I came from was also very kind to me and kind of um let me be as creative as I wanted to be too, but at Noble Cut, I feel like I I finally found my my like where I fit in. So yeah. your place in the world. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's important. It is. It is. So all right. So now, <laughs> if you guys are ready. Oh man. Um, <laughs> I'll catch up. Don't worry. Oh, uh, you can you can dump oh, if nice. you want. Okay, I might do that. Um. So my favorite yes. is the Lemoncello Hundred Proof. Oh man, yeah. This shit is the bomb. <laughs> I love so this good. with uh, just Prosecco, a bunch of ice. Yeah. It is like straight, a French 75. Or just straight shots. Or just, I like it just straight, which is insane. I never, I'm not a big high proof person. I know that's, I, I just, I even, I like really enjoy a low ABV cocktail at times too. So I get very intimidated by those high proof whiskeys. So when I, it's like, oh man, we're doing a hundred proof limoncello. That sounds really cool, but like, I don't know if I'm gonna like it. I was so happy that it was as balanced as it. It, it turned out very balanced and still that essence of like the original, but just a little more heat, which yeah. I am mm-hmm. learning to enjoy. <laughs> I love it. I think that the higher proof changes the viscosity yes. so much that it's like it you could just drink it it's silky. straight. Yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. So well, cheers, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Man, that is so good. Yeah, I just, I love this so much. So tell us, this is an old family recipe, right? Yeah, it's been in Tony's family for 
I think six generations. I, I, I think. I hope I'm saying this right. Coming up, maybe like 200 year old recipe or so. Wow. Um, I'd like to know if he could figure out the actual date because that would be a cool thing to celebrate. If yeah, ever that would be figured it out. Or I he could just I'm make one up. Right. I mean, I mean, as with point. all things with alcohol <laughs> and cocktails, it's all bullshit. Anyway, yeah, so. I mean, <laughs> I know that's one of the things. I was like, I I want all the store. I'm a big story person so I'm like hey so what's the story and Tony's so funny he's just like uh he'll tell me this very like straightforward I'm like is there any details <laughs> so I need to I need to probably interrogate him a little more I need a soundbite come yeah, on Tony like, come on I need a I need a phrase or something so um I probably just need to hang out with him and just like make him tell me more stories so yeah <laughs> But it was his grandmother yeah. passed it down to him yes. and taught him how to make it. Right. So, because I believe he came from a family of moonshiners, and that was part of one of the, the side things they did as well was making the cello. A lot of people make it for like holidays or it's just like a family tradition. So, it's still a tradition. I mean, We're that just making and grappa. It. Yes. Oh, grappa. That's rough. I can't. <laughs> That's what they make there. I know, shine. I know. So they do have a little bit of the story on the bottle. Yeah. Our limoncello has been passed down through the generations <laughs> to find itself in your hands today. Deeply decadent and surprisingly potent, there is no evening this liqueur can't elevate. Naturally flavored with only sugar and zest, savor the mellow, taste neat or mixed. Best enjoyed with friends, stirred with fine memories, as often as you please. Well, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Very fun. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I did tell him the the first time we tried his limoncello, which was a year and a half ago or so at our convention. Mm -hmm. This is the best limoncello mm -hmm. I've ever had outside of Italy. And yeah. it, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I have to, I mean... Also having some limoncello from Italy. I had a few really good ones in Italy. I mean, they still make some. Oh, they make bad ones. Some bad too. ones, too. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But if you are a big fan of those, like if you had a good experience in Italy and had this awesome limoncello and you're trying to find something equivalent here in the States, I always recommend ours. Noble this is Puts. the only one. Even it the imported hold, ones yeah, aren't as good. They're just not. They're just not. Um, this reminds me of like my time there, so that's another cool aspect of it. If you're if you're loved being in Italy, mm. I highly recommend. <laughs> I feel like I would love to try the lime cello as a hundred proof to see that how that. Actually, he should do the whole line in a hundred proof. Just to, I'm a high proof gal, yeah. so I like to I like to feel a little bit of a burn. And I was thinking pinch. if they did like. So you've done the basil and what with limoncello? Um, we did a melon basil, which melon was basil. fun. I got to help so with that So you did that, that with that the cool. lime instead. Yeah. That might so be interesting, So when we were coming too. up with the melon basil, I really loved the honeydew version. I, I, I made, I mean, I'm talking, I small scale helped. I just did a bunch of weird kind of funky infusions and was, because Tony was like, hey, just go home, like grab as much stuff from the store as you want and make a bunch of infusions. Just go wild with it and we'll just figure out what's good. Um, I really like the honeydew version I made uh, and it got me thinking, oh, this would be really good in the lime. I think the melon basil we use for Valentina is a honeydew. Mm. I hope I'm saying that right. 
there were so many versions of everything. Um, so I, I believe that's more of a honeydew melon where, or a cantaloupe melon in the Valentinas. And the honeydew is still so interesting. And I think that would be the route I'd take if we were ever doing a lime. The melons just go so well with them, mm-hmm. too, the melon flavors. You could do a lime cello <laughs> infused with mint. Yeah. And sell it alongside your whiskey, and you have a mint julep. A mint julep, yeah. Oh my gosh, the yeah. peach whiskey makes a very make good, a mint really julep. good mint julep, wouldn't it? Yeah, with would. that lime, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, so many options. Yeah, that's what I mean. You can the combinations are are that's what gets me going with the recipes and coming up with the new ideas. It's endless possibilities. So what we hear on our cocktail tour often is that people run out and buy a bottle. Because they want to make a single cocktail. They found a recipe or yeah. they tasted something they want to make. But then they don't know what to do with it afterwards. Yeah. So I'm sure that um, though this is delicious, um, people are probably looking for ways to use it. Where can they find your recipes? Are um, they online? or? Yeah, a lot of our recipes are online. Um, we we try to do a good job at posting them on our Instagram. That's Instagram, I mean... I believe we they all get posted on Facebook too, but you know Instagram's more effective, I think. Um, so yeah, everything's on the website, and um, we post on Instagram. I make a few of the videos, which is are, is funny for me. I'm That's not, fun. Yeah. yeah, keep doing that. That's I'm fun. trying. I'm trying to get better at it. <laughs> no, so. you do great. Oh, good. No, thanks. Um, but yeah, so that's something I'm trying to get better at. We also like to do videos at the bars that have like a cocktail with something of ours in oh, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's really fun to do. I love going in and be like, hey, would you ever be cool with us just like filming you making this cocktail and then like kind of highlight the bar restaurant too? I love um I love that kind of collaboration. I love highlighting all of these cool people. I mean, there's some big people like everyone knows, like but I love kind of highlighting like maybe the 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 places that don't get as much recognition. Um, they're still really fun. There's always a creative person. Like every place you go, I love to find that like one weird creative person that just like the like, sparks like when they start talking about cocktails. Um, those are the people I usually try to become friends with. Or... And sometimes that's where the vibe is at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's like when I go to a new place or a place, yeah, like a new place, and I'm just looking at the cocktail menu, try to get the funkiest sounding or weirdest cocktail on the menu. And nine times out of ten, it's the bartender I'm talking to. That's the one that they made. And I love it because they're like, I made that one. I was like, yeah, I can can tell. (laughs) Like, It's weird, and I'm going to order it. I'm like, it's probably your least selling. Because I was the one making the weird cocktails. Like, I get it. Like, um. The owners would come down and be like, Megan, only three sold last week. And I'm like, but I love it. Like, don't take it away. Like, it's got the weirdest name and it's just so funky and I don't know. So So not to toot our own horns, but I think that's the beauty of our cocktail tour is it introduces people to cocktails that Mm -hmm. they would never order. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then they know, oh, I can order this funky cocktail Mm -hmm. and and maybe I'll enjoy it. pleasantly surprised. Yeah. 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 Or just like kind of just break out of your comfort zone. You're gonna make that bartender's day drink too. outside of the box. That's <laughs> exactly. What we like <laughs> yeah. So are you from Columbus originally? Um, I was born here. Yeah, and then I, I lived up north for my whole like you know kindergarten high school. And then as soon as I turned eighteen, I I came back to Columbus. What so. brought you back? What? Um, mostly art school. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, I've always loved Columbus. It's just 
I don't know. It's a great city. It's a great Good city. People. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really love it. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, so tell us where Noble Cut is located. Yeah. So we're kind of off the beaten path. We're in Gahanna. Um, we're not in Creekside, like the, the downtown area. It's super cute, the downtown area. But we're kind of more um, hidden away in that industrial area. If you've ever been to Edison Brewing, they're on the Overlook, I think is what they call it. Uh, we're on more on the opposite side of that, but in the same area. We're right beside Heart State and, like we said, Simple Times Mixer. So we have two really awesome neighbors. Um yeah, Heart State Brewing in Edison nearby. So we're more in that industrial area, kind of tucked mm-hmm. away in mm-hmm. Gahanna. Yeah. And then if people want to do a tour. Yeah, the tours are fun. The tours are super fun because I mean you've been on them. They're they don't your eyes don't glaze over. It's kind of more relaxed for sure. The tours you sign up, um, they're on Saturdays and you do have to sign up online. I know that they book up pretty fast, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's possible. Definitely still try to sign up. Um, You're more than welcome to come during our hours from two to five, Wednesday through Saturday. It's still pretty safe to like pop in. Our bottle shop is open. The tasting room and the bottle shop are like the front room there. So you can always come in and sample something. Mm -hmm. Um, If Tony's there, I mean, I don't want to like blow this up but like you know somebody might be like ah you want to come see something in the back I mean it's pretty low key mm-hmm. so there's you, always that and you might hear some church music you might there is also a little church like what I feel so <laughs> bad for them <laughs> there's like a little church like wedged in between us too so um they put up with us I mean we put up with each other it's fine it's fine <laughs> It's too bad they aren't Catholic because then you could just maybe take a bottle over just and like, they could give it to their congregation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Bless it and go. Bless it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any good stories from behind the bar oh, that man. you'd like to share? All right. I was I was pretty proud of this experience just because I'm a pretty small gal. Um and I, I really – I'm protect – I was very protective of my bartenders. I love them all. I st- – Still love them all, obviously. Um, But there was one night we had this troublesome person. Of course, it's on the busiest nights. The whole restaurant's packed. The bar's packed. And there's one single seat open in the bar. And, of course, he he sits down there. And I knew it from the moment he walked in. You just know when there's somebody there for trouble. Um, So, you know, he orders the one beer. Grab him his beer. And there's been this lovely couple sitting next who he happened to sit by. Um... I'd seen them a few times. They weren't regulars by any means, but I kind of recognized them. They they were going on and on. Oh, we never get out. Like, this is one of the first nights we've been out. So I was really, you know, you try to make their experience as mm-hmm. best as you can. Like, you try to, like, go all out for them, especially with somebody. I understand. I don't get to – I didn't get to go out much either. So I was like, oh, I'm going to make sure everything goes great for them. And um, then this guy sits by them. I was like, oh, gosh, that sucks. And he's giving my one bartender a hard time. So I immediately sent her to the well. And I was like, you stay in the well until I tell you. Because this guy is no, like, this isn't good. He kind of makes some derogatory. He's also talking to to the guy, this couple. There's a guy and a girl. He keeps nudging the guy and tell, saying very derogatory things. And he's pointing at me while he's doing it. So I was in no mood for it. I just had enough. I, <laughs> it was not very nice things. Um, so I was uh, the the place I worked for was very very cool about us like if you're uncomfortable 
Like, I mean, I could just run to the kitchen and the guys would have been on him in a second. But I was like, nope, I'm going to handle this one. Um, They were very cool with us, like, voicing anything we didn't like and kicking anybody out we didn't like, um, you know, within reason. Sure. So I hear him say it and I, I waited. I waited until he said it twice because I wanted to make sure he was actually saying it about me. And I said, hey, I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> and he just kind of looks at me baffled. And he's stumbling, stumbling. I was like, did you say? And I, I repeated it back to him. And he was like, if you think you... If, and he's already... He must have been doing something before he came in, obviously. Um, he was like, if you think... If you think I said that, then you're crazy. And I think I just blacked out. And I was like, well, I am crazy. And I've, never, I've always wanted to say that. It was like the... It felt so good to just like scream in a grown man's face. Like, I am crazy. And he just looked at me and didn't know what to do. And I was like, you've been eyeing every girl, every server here. I was like, we don't do that here. And I was just yelling at him. Like, just like, I was like, he said, what do you want me to do? I was like, pay your tab. And he's like, how much do you owe you? And I just said a random number. He paid it. And I was like, and I was just like, get out. And by then, I mean, I've got all the guys coming out of the kitchen. Like, what happened? And they just escorted him out. And it was the cool, they were like, I don't even think we needed to yeah, help right. her. I was ready to jump over that bar. Obviously. The cool thing was the the couple ended up being, they were so sweet. And the wife the whole time had been kicking her husband. She's like, help this girl out or whatever. <laughs> and um, he, cause she's yelling at him after he left. She, the wife was like, why didn't you help her out at all? And he was like, she obviously had it under control. <laughs> and so um, she actually, this is an even twist on the story. She was um, a retired police officer. I had no idea. She's like, yeah, before I became an officer, I used to bartend at some of the dives down the street. And I knew I recognized him when he walked in here. And I knew him from somewhere. And I couldn't put a, like, couldn't figure it out. But that's the same guy I used to kick out of the bars when I was your, like, in your shoes. And I was like, wow. Notorious, notorious drunkard. Just a, weird townie wow. <laughs> just stumbles into all the bars so That's that was story. fun um yeah small but mighty small but mighty <laughs> i guess <laughs> i i mostly will do it when it's other people i need to stick up for so <laughs> normally I, but he was being rude to all the all the girls that night so wow what a dick yeah truly a dick so <laughs> Well, Megan Randolph, this has been so much fun. Thank <laughs> yes, you so much for being guys. on our podcast. We really appreciate yeah. it. And we look forward to seeing more from you in the future with Noble yeah, Cut. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. 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 <laughs> hey, listeners, if you want to support the people in the service industry this holiday season, you can do that by donating to Service a relief organization for hospitality workers. They're doing a holiday giving campaign. So just go to servicerelief.org and press the donation button and you can support your favorite server or bartender or hotel person, anyone in the hospitality industry and help them have a great holiday season. Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates, women in whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise. And if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Thank you to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. 
Cheers. This has been a Last Call Productions production.